And now, live from Level 5 Productions on the island of Milleronia, it's The Larry Miller Show! Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who really wants a new doggy. Hi, folks, and welcome back to The Larry Miller Show. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And boy, once again, that music makes me happy. The Colonel and I just, well, just go into chimp flips when we when we get to hear that music. And... I, I can't thank them enough. Of course, that's the Leland Stowell Orchestra and the Kim Cross Dancers featuring boy tenor Jim Broderick asking the musical question, if absence makes the heart grow fonder, why do we give presents? Now, that's a, that's a good line from Jim, and if it sounded like I overpronounced it, it's because it's a, it's a play on words. Why do we give presents spelled P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. In other words, being there, our presence. So it's not presence like gifts, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, but presence like, well, our being there. So he's wondering, if absence makes the heart grow fonder, why do we give presence? A good play on words line. Good one, Jim. And... Uh, well, like so many men, so many of us, uh, it uh, it would appear that uh, every girl he's ever liked goes out with someone else immediately. But that's the way it goes, because I like someone like you, Jim. I like someone who is uh, not afraid to, well, bring flowers to a girl he likes and not afraid to say something like that line that makes the girl either really like him a lot because she thinks... Wow, this guy's well so poetic and so artistic and and he's a, he's a thinker. And uh either that or she thinks I've got to leave right now. But uh good one, Jim. Uh if absence makes the heart grow fonder, why do we why do we give presents? Well, I think the answer to that is that it's good to give presents. I don't know who wrote if absence makes the heart grow fonder, or absence makes the heart grow fonder, well, I suppose it does. If you can't be around your loved one, your best girl, and she can't be around you, maybe the heart grows fonder as she's going out with the rugby team because you're in South America checking for, checking for a lost flower. At any rate, though, it's a good one, Jim. Thank you. Good for you. And by Amazon and PayPal and ComedyFilmNerds.com. They're great sponsors to have. Amazon is still my favorite company in the world because of three things they do that no one else does. First of all, their number one thing they do, whatever you want, you can get. And the second thing they do, whatever you ask for, they have. They have, they have the biggest warehouse well, since, you know, some kind of movie where everything is kept there forever. And uh, that's the second thing. And the third thing they do is, this is the best one, that whatever you order, 
they send us a percent of it. So when there's something you want and there's something you want to buy, you go right to Amazon.com. No, wait. No, you don't. You don't go to Amazon.com. What you do is you come to us. That's right. Whew. That one was a little too close. And you you come to us. You go right to our website. Why do I keep not knowing that? I have to every single time just look at you. Is that the right phrase? You go to our website, which is LarryMillerPodcast.com. LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. <laughs> Sounds like there's traffic there today. Oh, I love those sounds. I love those sounds that the colonel puts together. So that's why I like Amazon, and that's why I like you for sending. What you do is, you know what? Just go to Amazon and get whatever you want, and we'll get a percentage of that. And by PayPal. That's right. Still the group that makes you feel like the good man and woman you want to be. And uh, PayPal is really good about that. You feel like you're helping to change the world. And one of the ways you help, by the way, is, you know, if you enjoy the show here and would like to send us a few bucks to help out, and why wouldn't you? You can do it through PayPal. And that's right. And by the way, instead of, I don't like saying to, to donate or to you pay what you like, or, you know, I like to say, buy us some drinks, because there are different levels of drink giving you could buy. Uh, levels one through five, all the way up to... We're driving to Florida! <laughs> well, that made me laugh again. That's from my my bit, the five levels of drinking. But there are levels here, too. There are five levels here, too. Booze Hound, Keg Kaiser, Lieutenant Lampshade, which I still don't understand... Martini Inspector, and Life O the Party. So uh, be one of those, and uh, thank you, by the way. Look for the contribution link on our website. Every little bit helps and keeps the old leg lamp lit here. And thank you to everyone who has contributed already. It really means a lot to us. And, uh, well, one of these days you'll know about the next fancy fried chicken dinner and the next couple of cocktails and we may, remember, we may, we may not, but we may, we may get in touch with Dr. Chris again and invite him because he was on the fancy fried chicken dinner first. He was on the first one and the two cocktails first. And by, that's right, and by me in a way, there are signed hardcover copies of my book, a best-selling book called Spoiled Rotten America. And they're now for sale at store.comedyfilmnerds.com. And uh, I think you'll like it. I hope you do. It's, uh, it's a very funny book. I had a great time writing it. And I, I hope you'll have a great time reading it. And, uh, and by, it's worth mentioning, just uh, Barracuda Radio, Colonel Jeff's podcast, Barracuda Radio. And anytime you turn that on which is available on iTunes, Stitcher, or at barracudaradio.com. You're going to hear a great show. And uh, that's, well, that's the way we are over here on Milleronia, when we were on Milleronia. 
or here at my regular house when we're in my regular house, when we're making shows. And now that brings me to my favorite part of the show, the joke of the week. (laughs) I never know whether those effects will make me laugh again, but they do. And uh, this is a good one. Uh, The Colonel and I both liked this one. A young man is going out with a young woman, and he likes her an awful lot. And she likes him an awful lot. He knows he and this young lady are close to love. So he goes to a pharmacy, and he uh, goes up to the pharmacist. The man comes over and uh, says, what can I do for you? And he says, uh, he leans in and says kind of quietly, well, I have a girlfriend, and I really... I really like her, and she really likes me. And to be honest, we haven't done anything yet, if you know what I mean. If we, we haven't gone all the way and done something like that. And I, 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 I think we are. I think we're about to. I think we're going to. And uh, so that uh, if, if I, I'd like to get some, well, some condoms from you, because uh, tonight I have a date with her. We're going to her parents for dinner. And then after that, we're going out on a date. And I think... I think that's when it's going to happen. I think she and I both feel the same way, and we're just going to do it and do it. And uh, the pharmacist says, all right. Well, and he shows the display for the condoms. He says, we have uh, three packages here, three, nine, and 12. And uh, the young man again looks around to make sure, well, no one's overhearing him, but he leans in again and said, you know what, uh, it's been a, a while, and I, I think once we start, I think she's going to really get into it and enjoy it. So I'd better take the 12. Uh, let me have the 12-pack, please. And the pharmacist says, all right, there you are. And uh, the young man pays for it and uh, heads out. And later that night, sure enough, they're at her parents' house for dinner, and the four of them are sitting at the dining room table and it's a home-cooked meal. And our young friend asks if it's okay if he says grace before the meal. And uh, the parents and the young woman are very happy. He says, sure, thank you, go ahead. And he starts to, well, say grace, to pray. And it is a beautiful grace. It's And it goes on and on. It, it's uh, longer than any grace really you've ever heard or done that... He's getting into it, and he, well, a minute goes by. That's a long time. Then two minutes and three minutes, and he's he's still going on and on with the grace. His girlfriend leans into him and says, you never told me you were so religious. And he leans back and says, you never told me your dad was a pharmacist. <laughs> That's a good one, isn't it? We both like that one, and I hope you do, too. And it's another great style of joke where, well, it doesn't end up at all where you think it will. And holy mackerel, can you imagine him knocking on that door and them opening it? And he just sees the guy standing there. And the guy looks at him and he looks at that guy. That must have been a great moment. But, you know, they what, what do you say then? Well, nothing. You just, if you're... If you have any courage and you have, so that's life. And you're going out with his daughter. Well, that's a, that's a tough one no matter what at that point. 
<laughs> You've done it. You did everything with him in the afternoon, but show pictures. So in any case, I like that joke a lot. Tell it to those you like, too. And uh, that brings us to my second favorite part of the show. The Poetry Corner. Right. My mind was still on that joke. <laughs> Just him and the pharmacist. Lucky he didn't ask, do you have any do you have any brands with things on them? You know, it's lucky he didn't go too far. Uh the way I just did. In any case, uh this is a lovely poem that I liked so much. And so did Colonel Jeff. It's called As the Ruin Falls by Clive Staples Lewis. And it's a good poem, and here it is. All this is flashy rhetoric about loving you. I never had a selfless thought since I was born. I am mercenary and self-seeking through and through. I want God, you, all friends, merely to serve my turn. Peace, reassurance, pleasure are the goals I seek, I cannot crawl one inch outside my proper skin. I talk of love, a scholar's parrot may talk Greek, but self-imprisoned always end where I begin. Only now that you have taught me, but how late, my lack. I see the chasm, and everything you are was making my heart into a bridge by which I might get back from exile and grow man. And now the bridge is breaking. For this I bless you as the ruin falls. The pains you give me are more precious than all other gains. Isn't that nice? It's a, it's a, very, it's a very moving look on love from this poet, this author. But to say, you know, I've always been like this, and I never knew this. I never knew what love was, and I didn't care because I just wanted things for myself, and you taught me, you helped me. Your purity, your ability to love brought me to a place. And I love that image that his heart was made by her love into a bridge which he, by which he might get back, back to a good place, from exile. And what an image, and now the bridge is breaking. For this I bless you as the ruin falls. Well, good for him. I would bless, I would bless her too. And uh, folks, that's a great poet. That's Clive Staples Lewis. And he lived from 1898 to 1963. And... He's American, and, well, you know something? Does that name sound familiar to you? Clive Staples Lewis? Well, it might if you just call it C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis was a great writer, a great Christian writer, a great essayist, a great cultural writer, just a great fella. 
as an author and a poet, and he was very popular and very much respected. And I heard that, and I thought, well, how do you like that? And this guy can make a nice poem like that. Well, this is quite a fella. And uh, by the way, there was very little media coverage of his death, as as respected and well-known as he was, which was very much. He died uh, on November 22nd of 1963, which may sound familiar to you. It ought to sound familiar to you. It's the same day that Kennedy died, that John F. Kennedy, president, was assassinated. And Aldous Huxley, too, by the way, the great writer and and thinker Huxley. And, well, so there was very little media coverage of Mr. Mr. Lewis's death, but we can't blame the world for that. Good Lord. On the same day that Kennedy and and Huxley died, too. In any case, thank you, C.S., for everything you did, and starting with that great poem. And that brings us to my third favorite part of the show. M-M-M, the triple M, magic movie moment. Yeah. By the way, I said that a little odd magic movie moment because I actually forgot for a second what the words were. In any case, it's magic movie moment, which is very important to me. And I bet to you, too, because it takes movies we know so well and even sometimes the ones you've never seen. But the movies we love so well and there's a part to them, a scene to them, a way an actor or an actress is the way it's written, the way it's lit, the way it's shot. There's something about that that just really pleases you and makes you love it even more and love it distinctly. And it becomes, well, a magic movie moment for you. And I think this one has plenty. And I think this one has a good one today. It's called Bye Bye Birdie. That's right. It's from 1963. And uh, starring Paul Lind, Anne Margaret, Ed Sullivan, Bobby Rydell, so many others. Good Lord. It's a wonderful movie. And it was a Broadway show, very successful Broadway show before that. And uh, it's, 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 it's a great movie. It's, uh, the uh, music was written by Charles Strauss and the lyrics by Lee Adams. And it's great. If you haven't seen Bye Bye Birdie Do... It's something with they it was such a good time to do it in 1963 which by the way was the same time that well CS Lewis and President Kennedy and Aldous Huxley passed on into the next world bye bye birdie and folks it really is the end of an era bye bye birdie there's a good reason it came at that time in 1963 because it was made as such a, well, it's like an, it's like a family musical. Not only because it's about a family, but it's something you can see with your kids and your grandparents anytime, and you can love yourself. It's so well made, and oh, there's something, so much to learn in there, and it's about love. Well, it's about, it's about everything, but. I'll tell you what, there's one scene in it. Uh, I mentioned Ed Sullivan in the cast. 
Yes, that was a great time for the great Ed Sullivan. And uh, my family was one of those Sunday night families. And uh, we would always watch the Ed Sullivan show. And I don't know, I can't imagine anyone uh, who, who didn't. Maybe you didn't. But it was a great tradition that every week Ed Sullivan was on. I think it was 8 o'clock. And after that, isn't that when Bonanza came on at 9? I think it I think it was. Oh, I loved Bonanza. And uh, I always loved, we were a Chevy family. We drove Chevys. Well, my parents did. But that's why Bonanza was such a, a popular, well, the sponsor was Chevy, was General Motors for Chevrolet. And every year in uh, the second half of September, when they were bringing their new cars out, when that was still a big thing. It's not a big thing anymore. It doesn't quite exist anymore. But boy, oh boy, folks, when they were getting ready to bring those new cars out and they brought them out on Bonanza, the first commercials for the new Chevys every year were shown on Bonanza. And I remember two weeks before and then one week before, Lauren Green the uh, wonderful actor who played Ben Cartwright, would come on the commercial. And there was a car there that was covered up with, well, a big sheet, uh, you know, a big cover, a big, thick blue cover. And he would say, well, there it is, folks. There she is. That's the new Chevy for this year coming up. And, you know, I can't show it to you. I wish I could because it's beautiful. And it's a wonderful car. And I remember even as a kid going, it's beautiful. It's it's a wonderful car. I, I believed everything. And so, you know what, though? That was, oh, boy. To see them do that on Sunday night and then first watch Ed Sullivan. What a good show that Sullivan show was. And he did, he did a good job on it, too. He was fun to watch. And the point is, he's in Bye Bye Birdie because part of the plot is... They're trying to get this rock star to get on the Ed Sullivan show. And he's giving a kiss to the name of a girl that they picked out of the hat for the Conrad Birdie fan clubs all across America. That was his name, Conrad Birdie. And uh, it's interesting to know, by the way, that apparently they tried to get Elvis to do it first. They thought... And I agree, by the way, they thought it would be a great idea for Elvis to do, to be in the movie, to play himself. And as you know, boy, Elvis was great anyway, to play this young, handsome rock star that, hey, the king of it all. Elvis was the king. And to have him go to the McAfee household, and that's he's, he's going to go, he's going to stay there, for a few days, and then he's going to kiss their daughter, Anne Margaret. Sounds pretty good so far, by the way. And that's and to do that, they wanted to show it on Ed Sullivan. And that was a big thing. And even though Paul Lind was playing Mr. McAfee, he was great in it. They were all great. The, the wife and the other boy, the son, and, uh, and the daughter, Anne Margaret. But... Uh, Paul Lynn wasn't in favor of it. His character, Harry McAfee, wasn't in favor of, well, his daughter being kissed like this. Remember, this was a an, an older time, really. The last of, well, the last before the big rock era of the 60s. 
the last before, well, everything you know happened. And uh, Poland, what got, what got him convinced was they said to him, you know what, if you do this, if you let your daughter do this, if you let us film it, you can be on the Ed Sullivan Show too. We'll have your family on with your daughter. And folks, that just knocked him out. It was so... It was such a big thing. And there is a scene where they're so taken with that. It's it's Mr. and Mrs. McAfee and the two kids. And they sing a song called Hymn for a Sunday Evening. Oh, they're so taken. He's, he's thrilled. I remember that first line, too, of Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan, we're going to be on Ed Sullivan. Dun, 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 dun. Let's see. How can any family be half as fortunate as we? And it's just terrific. And it's so warm. It's funny, but it's you. It's you watching the Ed Sullivan show. We all would have reacted the same way. Ed Sullivan to be on Ed Sullivan, and there's one point in it that Paul says to the camera, as part of his celebration, he says to the camera, Ed, I have to tell you, I've got a great wife, two wonderful kids, and now this. And he says, in the way only Paul Lind could do that stuff, he says that with so much oomph. And now this. <laughs> and folks, that's the magic movie moment for today. Because it means a lot, not only to that family, but it was a statement of the end of that era. For us, for our country. Sure, you know, to watch, oh, watch Ed Sullivan. The way I watched Lauren Green unveil the Chevys. Good Lord, I was transfixed. But Ed Sullivan, <laughs> God bless him. He put on such a great show. And even though I was, I was what, 7, 9, 11 years old. And uh, folks, I'm telling you, that thought of them going on the show and expressed by the father of the family, Ed, I've got a great wife, two wonderful kids, and now this. <laughs> it's a lot for him. It's a lot for his family. But it's, an, it's a lot for us, too. And that movie was great and will always be great. But in its way, well, the James Bond movies were already out with Sean Connery, and they were great, too. But everything was about to change in 1963. And so as that moment, and now this, that's for all of us, and the end of an era. Bye Bye Birdie, a great movie with a great cast. And let me just say, to have, now Anne Margaret was always such a great actress and dancer and singer, and what a talent. Plus, in case you didn't notice, She's gorgeous. She's unbelievable. So if that was the prize, even though I was just nine or ten, I would have put my name in that hat. 
What, you get to kiss Anne Margaret? Well, it may be just on the cheek. Fine, whatever. Which cheek? It doesn't matter. So, you know what? Go see Bye Bye Birdie sometime. Go get it and see it. If you've seen it before, you'll love it again. If you haven't, well, you'll hear them sing Ed Sullivan. Wow. Dun, 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 dun. How wonderful. Paul Lind and Margaret. By the way, for goodness sake, it's Dick Van Dyke and Maureen Stapleton. I mean, there's the stars and Janet Lee as uh, his his girlfriend and that, and she wants to get married. Can you imagine that, the o- older style of a movie where the woman really wants to get married and she just has to get this knucklehead to understand that and to what that means. The movie's terrific on every count. Go see it. And you know what? That yes, yes, that did. That was a special day. That showed a special day in the lives of these characters. But there's a special day that just passed that you may not know about. I didn't know about it till today. I was doing prep work for the show, and I saw a little item on the internet. Wednesday, J- July twenty ninth. That's uh, just two weeks ago. Was National Chicken Wing Day. As I said, you may not have known that, but just to hear that name, National Chicken Wing Day, you know, you could say that, well, Larry, every day in America could be called National Chicken Wing Day. Yeah, I know, I know, but not really. Not really. That's not exactly true. It's still a special thing that just those two words, chicken wings, holy mackerel, and National Chicken Wing Day, just wow, folks. I mean, there are there are a bunch of national restaurants. Uh, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I remember one was, uh, I think, uh, Beef O'Day. It was a chain of restaurants, and there are a lot of good restaurants. Oh, the Angus uh, Angus Meats, the, Angus, the, the restaurants with the word Angus in them. And... Uh, this is the research I did. But then there's one there also. Hooters is on the list. And why wouldn't they be? And yes, it's true. As as, as Colonel Jeff said, well, because I've been to Hooters before. It was a while ago. It was, uh, well, it was 15, 20 years ago. I was working at a at a nightclub in Florida, Florida, in Jacksonville, the punchline in Jacksonville. And boy... Oh, boy, my friends there who owned it, and they became friends. We all became friends, Vern and Donnie and uh, Bill, and they they were great guys. And you know what, though? As uh, they, they used to invite me to come out one day earlier each week, each time I went there. And if I came out a day earlier, and I would, we would do something like play golf together and have, well, a lot of beer in that golf cart. And then, or one one year, they said, come on, we'll go to the dog track. Uh, was it the dog track or the horses pulling the little cart? That's how much this means to me. But we went to that, and we bet some money, but, you know, not much, $2 here, $5 there. And then, that kind of thing never excited me much, but I loved being with them. And uh, we they took me one year, they said, we'll go to Hooters for dinner. Now, to show you what an idiot I am, I never quite put one and one together. 
so to speak. But I didn't know that Hooters was considered, well, such a, it was like the Playboy Club for families. Does that make sense even? No, it doesn't. But it was like the Playboy Club for single guys who want to make families. But we went there, and I couldn't help but notice we were going to get chicken wings, and I couldn't help but notice that all the waitresses were really pretty and very, very, very pretty. And they had very good womanly figures, and but still just pretty sort of like the girl next door in orange shorts. And I remember mentioning to them, Gee, the girls here are fantastic. That's right, and I was single then, too. And uh, they said, well, that's the point of the place. And I didn't even know, folks, till a year or two later. That was my one time there at Hooters. But it took several years, in fact, before I realized what Hooters means. And what it means what everyone means. It means, well, you know what it means. The Hooters. And I never quite got that. In any case... That's uh, That should be a national day, too. National Women Who Look Like That Day in, uh, in a Hooters t-shirt and uh, orange shorts. And it's funny because they sell the Hooters t-shirts there. So when they asked me, do you want a Hooters t-shirt? The answer was, well, hers, yeah. I mean, with her in it. Can I get that? How much is that? $8, $12? But I don't need one. If, you, if you're thinking, do I need one? Do I need a Hooters t-shirt? No, I think it would just be a disappointment to anyone who saw it. They would say, the first thing they'd say all around America would be, couldn't you get the one with the girl in it? In any case, every day could not be called National Chicken Wing Day. You don't, look, you don't eat pizza every day, right? You don't have your favorite hot dogs every day. You don't have gigantic 12-pound, nine-layer, two-hander hamburgers every day. And uh, by the way, I don't like two-hand foods that much. I never really have. I mean, I like to eat sloppy. That's fine. But I don't mean just, I don't mean even with uh, a couple of fellows from college, from even from my fraternity, where you're sitting there, where you can put towels around you and just watch a football game eating buckets of anything eating you know what you don't even need a spoon for the softer sauces you just you can take it and tip the bowl back and just drink the sauce and but i've for some reason i've never liked the ones where you can't get your mouth around it i think you know let's make a good burger i would still like a great burger that was just a burger a terrific burger not small but not a five-pound burger. I mean, just something like where the burger is half a pound. That sounds about right, doesn't it? A half a pound and a slice of onion on it. And it doesn't need some fancy sauces. Maybe just a, you know, a little ketchup drizzled all around on top of the onion. And that's it. And a good bun. I mean, that's, that's a burger to me. That's a good burger. But uh, in any case, so... I, in fact, I remember junior year in my college walking from my fraternity at about 10 at night to a popular hero place. I don't mean guys in battle. I mean hero sandwiches. They call them grinders up there in Massachusetts. And uh, 
And I had, and I walked, by the way, because I had already had a few beers, not too many, seven or eight, but that's, you know, and that's not why I was hungry. I was hungry. I was famished. I was empty because, oh, you know why. Come on. You know why. And uh, I was very hungry. And it was about, uh, well, as I said, it was about 10 at night. And I walked over there and uh, just alone. Anybody could have gone with me. Anybody, I would have, that would have been fine with me. But I just said to my friends, we were all sitting around in, in, in our frat there. And I said, anyone want to go over? I can't even remember the name of the place, but... Anyone want to go to uh, this, you know, this place and get a couple of grinders or something? And, uh, and they said, no, no, thanks. So I walked over there and, oh, I was hungry. And I had something fairly commonplace on a night like this. I had two heroes. Now, these things came and they made them really well. And they came in small, medium, large, extra large. And, oh, come on. I mean, these were just, you know, fresh baked, two feet long, the rolls, two feet long. They were immense, and, and they baked them and as thick as a wrestler's biceps, and these guys didn't cheap out on the fillings either. And uh, they really loaded them up, but they were eatable. They were not overloaded. And uh, I remember one of them was egg and pepper and more egg and more pepper, I think that was the name actually, and then 35 slices of cheese or something on it. Or they would just dump a, an industrial can of melted cheese on it. It was very good though. It was really, really good. And the other one I got was some kind of meat. I think it was the stuff that's usually cut off a large moving circular hunk of meat from a local falafel restaurant that you love but is at the top of the list of places about to be closed. And I got these two things, and they were wrapped up, and I put them down on my little table with a huge iced Coke. And I looked at these three things, these two unbelievable heroes, grinders, and I looked at that, that large Coke, which was larger than large. It was, it was like a joke. It was like a cartoon Coke, but I wanted it. And I looked at it all and thought, okay, this is stupid. A whole rugby team couldn't make its way through these things. But you know what? I did. Not gorging, not like a racehorse, not like a competition, you know, not like anyone was chasing me, but one terrific bite at a time. And I, would, I wasn't even tr trying. I thought, this is wild. Even one of these things would be immense. And I remember this. That's why I'm talking about it now. I guess I've remembered it ever since. That one night, because I ate it all, I mean all, and drank the Coke, and I mean all, and I sat there for a minute thinking, wow, and I just looked over at all the other 19-year-old idiots who were just as dumb as me, and who had had some beers, and you know, as much as me, and had walked there too, for the same reason. They didn't want to take a risk on driving a car, and as in my case... I didn't have a car, but it was a good walk too. It was about it was about a mile or mile and a half, two miles, and uh, which is nothing. It gives you it make helps make your appetite at a peak as you're walking there, and it gives you a a nice stroll to waddle back. And holy mackerel, I enjoyed that. And when I finished, 
I stood up. I felt fine. I didn't feel bad. That's what I remember, too. It wasn't, I mean, it was a ton of food, but it was one of those nights, folks, where you eat it and you you want it and you don't overeat it. And again, it's not fast. You don't take gigantic bites. You, You eat it and it's terrific. And then I got up. I didn't make a mess on my shirt, which is rare. I walked back to the frat, went upstairs to my friend's room, and they were still all in there, and they asked, they had a keg of beer there, want a beer? Well, okay. And then we sat down again and just kept telling stories, and I, somebody said, how do you feel? Was that good? And I said, it was terrific. I can't believe I feel this good. But you know what? National Chicken Wing Day is a good thing to do. I think it's very good. I like that we do that, meaning we Americans do that. I like that we make things that really no place else in the world is going to do. They're not going to have big festivals for chicken wings. We are. And I was wondering, uh, you know, other... Brad Tuttle is the fellow's name. who wrote an article about this for the uh, food magazine I was reading can't remember the name on the internet, but he did a great job because he said, you know what, in terms of National Chicken Wing Day, he said, folks, this is a good idea to make another made-up holiday that could let you have something to eat for free. And uh, it, that, he put it be- even better than that. So good work, Brad. It was good writing. And I was wondering, are there any other made-up holidays? I like made-up holidays. Things that really don't exist. They have to be made up. I don't know who makes these things up. I don't know whether it's a committee in Congress. I hope not. But, you know, whether it's uh, somebody who gets together for Mother's Day, anything like that, and makes finally makes something official. But are there any other holidays that are made up, like National Chicken Wing Day? Is there a Secretary's Day, Nurse's Day? Well, there's Veterans Day, which started as Armistice Day. And, of course, there's... October 25th, which is, that's right, St. Crispin's Day, which is mentioned in Henry V. Great, great play. And uh, Halloween, I always wondered about Halloween. It's not that it's made up. I like things that are traditional, too. But Halloween is always where someone says, you know, and on Halloween started, you know, 700 years ago, they used to kill all the cows in the country or something like that. Everyone would dress as the devils and kill the cows or something like that. But is there a pizza day, a hot dog day? I don't think there's anything sexual on days. You know, I don't think there's any official holiday for, you know, called the this day. The, you know, you're thinking about it day. But there are, Colonel Jeff looked up. There on the, there's a registry of daily, there's a food day every day. For instance, there's National Raspberry Tart Day. It was just a while ago, just a week or two ago. Julian Fries Day. And on uh, June 13th was National Filet Mignon Day. These all make me smile, by the way, because they're a tiny bit silly, but I think in a good way. I, I'm glad they're doing this. And on uh, August 16th, which is uh, still coming up, August 16th is Bratwurst Day. To which you want to say, naturally, there's Potato Day, 
I can't believe it's not more involved than potato. Potato Day. All right. The 24th of August is National Waffle Day. The 31st of August is International Bacon Day and National Trail Mix Day. Why? I don't know. How those two got on the same day? I don't I don't know. National food holidays are ter- terrific. And there are month holidays, by the way. January is National Hot Tea Month. That's a pretty interesting one. National Hot Tea Month. Nice and silly. Also, it's also National Meat Month. Meat Month. At my birthday, which is October 15th, is National Chicken Cacciatore Day. And... National Roast Pheasant Day. Boy, makes me sound like Henry V. And uh, uh, just two days later, as the colonel pointed out, the 17th of October is National Pasta Day and National Four Prunes Day. That's the way it's named, National Four Prunes Day. And I think I know why. Because four is... That's not a suggestion from them. That's not a, hey, you know what would be good? It's them saying, don't have any more than four. And the why to that, I can tell you the why to that. I was on the road once in uh, Texas. I think it was in Dallas. And I went shopping one afternoon. I walked over to the gigantic supermarket. I like fruits. I like all fruit. And I saw big bags like team-sized bags, it was prunes. It was all prunes. And they were seeded. They had the seeds taken out. So if you wanted to, you could pop one in your mouth. But I still like to eat them in bites. And I took them back to the hotel room, took that bag. It was a big bag. It was like dog food-sized bag, which is a little loony. I mean, to get that, I took it to the hotel room, and I had... I'm crazy, but I'm not that crazy. And I had two or three of the prunes. They were very good. They were delicious. And I liked them very much. And, well, so I was going to do some comedy writing for the show that night. And I started to uh, sit down at the hotel room work table. And then I had a couple of more prunes. Folks, I ate half that bag of prunes. And I am here to tell you, which is lucky in a way that I'm here to tell you, because you eat that many prunes, you cannot leave a hotel room or walk anywhere that's far from a bathroom. That's all I'm going to say about that. The point of prunes is to, well, help your body do what it wants to do anyway, which is digest the prunes and get rid of them. In any case, so I, I I did that. I like I like Weird Food Day and Weird Weird Food Month. I don't think they have any. I don't think they have any odd uh, Middle Eastern food or like hummus day. I always love hummus. I've, I've talked about that before. Where every four or five months or so, you realize, hey, I like hummus. Look at that. There's a big bowl of hummus at this party. I'll have some hummus, and then you eat well, like. 700 prunes worth of hummus. And, uh, but I don't think there's a hummus day. I don't think there's a, a chop. There is a chop suey day. 
by the way. The Colonel found that listing. Chop Suey Day on August 29th, so it's coming up. But uh, I must tell you that I I didn't know, and the Colonel didn't know what Chop Suey was. And uh, it's Chinese for this is really poor even for us. And it's whatever food you have left over, which is called Tsao, Tsao Suey. And so that's not quite as classy as chop suey. And uh, I've always had a theory, by the way, about Chinese food. I might have told you this before, but I have a theory that in New York City, which has so many great Chinese restaurants and so many very good ones and so many ones that are just okay but still terrific. And there are so many of those. I, I, I always thought that underneath Manhattan, underneath New York City, there was a giant vat of Chinese food. But I mean one as so large as a small stadium and that there were fellas constantly working there. This is under the city and they live there too. They have dormitories there too and they constantly work on keeping that vat filled. And every single Chinese restaurant in New York, I used to think, had a tube running down into that vat and back up to the restaurant where they have Sort of like a Guinness tap, where the whatever you order in the Chinese restaurant, they pull that stick forward, and, well, a lot of Chinese food just comes out from the vat under the city. And it's just Chinese food that's good, but doesn't really mean anything specific. And then in the restaurant, they can put on whatever whatever they want. They can put in pineapple, they can put in chicken or lobster, whatever you want to put in. And... Uh, but boy, I'll tell you, National Chicken Wing Day next year, the Colonel and I were both annoyed. We didn't see it coming that no one had advertised it. And that's the kind of thing we should advertise. I would go, well, he and I decided we would go to Hooters strictly for scientific purposes. And uh, as he pointed out, it's sort of like someone say, well, I just read Playboy for the articles. And there's something good about economics this month. Well, wait a minute. This just in. Colonel Jeff, and he does his job so well. Colonel Jeff just found out there is a National Hummus Day. Can you beat that? It's the third Thursday in May every year. I, I don't know what that means, why it has to be, it couldn't just be a specific number date, but it's the third Thursday in May every year for hummus, and it was started in Tel Aviv. So in case you think there's nothing great to buy from Israel, there is a lot of things that are great to buy from Israel, especially hummus. So there's there is someone who just came back into the studio here, and uh, my son brought her back in, and she's a new dog. She's our new doggy. That's right. We have a dog that we love so much. He's the greatest guy in the world, Ozzy. He's laying down here now, too. He laid himself down. And Ozzy, as I think I've told you before, is the dog where I went to the dog shelter where they saved the dogs, and he came up after I looked at every dog 
And all dogs are great, but nothing really struck me, uh, so to speak. But Ozzy came over. I sat down on a bench just before leaving. And he came over. I was with these two women who run the place, and I liked them very much. And uh, Ozzy jumped up on the bench, jumped up on my shoulders, and laid himself down over my shoulders around my neck with his head and paws down one side on my chest and his back paws down the other side on my chest. And he just stayed there and he was as happy as could be just being there. And I said, well, look at this. I said to the women, holy mackerel. He just didn't say a word and plopped up there. It was like wearing a mink stole. And uh, suddenly he's just around my neck. And I said, wow. And I looked at his face and I petted him and I said, well, you're just adorable. You're gorgeous. And I, and this is you saying hello. And, and he just laid there and he's a great guy. And I, uh, I've since told him, you know, that, uh, Ozzy, I tell him this all the time, Ozzy, thank you for picking me. And then I turned around and picked you right back. And then we both realized God had already picked both of us. So, you know what? That's, that's great. And with this new doggy, my wife at work met her. She was a foster dog with uh, foster parents, uh, with some folks she knows at work. And she's a puppy. She's six months old. And her name is now Maggie. And uh, she's a great dog. She likes to, well, yip and nip. And uh, she still likes to use her teeth. My wife is always saying, my wife is very good with animals. She knows all sorts of things about animals. And she said, well, that's what dogs do. You know, they just, uh, well, they they just like to nip you. And I said, well, can we stop her? <laughs> can we say, you know what? Now that you're in the family, can you stop nipping? But uh, she likes to do that. She's six months old. And our guy, Ozzy, and she, I think, are getting along just fine. He loves her and he loves, oh, sniffing her. Yes, there. And that's what and my wife said. Can we stop him from doing that? And I said, no, because that's what he does. That's what dogs do. That's what boy dogs do. They chase girl dogs. And when they catch them, they, you know, that's what he's he does. Well, frequently all around the house. And that's when she usually curls the head around and tries to bite him on the throat. I think that's by way of saying, would you please stop that? But, you know, doggies are just adorable and doing whatever they do. She'll stop biting. And I, I, don't, I don't think Ozzy's going to stop doing what he does, which is, well, you know, making new dogs. But in any case... That's the one we have here, that we have Maggie now. She's small, smaller than Ozzy, but not tiny. And uh, just great dog size. Very pretty. And uh, so, you know, but I, by the way, every time he, well, mounts her and gets that back arched, I always, I always say, that's my boy. Yeah, we don't know where he gets it. Yes, we do. And there's a sense of pride. And... Uh, I've I've said to Mackie a couple of times, hey, you keep trying to bite my hand, and I'm going to pick up Ozzy and put him right down on your back. And unless I'm crazy, she gives me a, I know what you mean look. And uh, 
She's uh, still not house trained. She uh, she poops and pees in the house, and you know there's a there's no other way to put that. And by the way, as I said to my wife, I just cleaned some up this morning. And as I said to her, it's true that well, it's nice. Uh, at least it's not difficult. She what what she does, and uh, when she does her stuff is it's it's all pickupable. And that's what you do. That's what I do. That's what my wife does. And then you go past with that animal spray stuff and you give it a couple of ch 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 and uh and that so that's fine. It's not hard to pick up. It's not like it's well difficult to pick up or liquefied or something where you need you know, you need silkwood brushes to, to get it up. And they're both lying on the floor in the studio here right now. And uh they're both snoozing right now which is what you want to do in between sessions where your older brother keeps trying to make younger brothers but well i know that and you know that it's a good way to live we like her very much and i tell her that hey we all love each other here and i know mommy my wife already loves you and you love her and i hope that you and I will get that same thing. I hope you'll love me, and I'll love you. And folks, I'll let you know next week. Get yourselves a new dog, and you'll know what I mean. Because you and I, as you know, we know the same things. We know Homer is Homer, and Pluto is a planet. So remember, as always... If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. So enjoy the love in your family, and we'll see you here next time.